Vermont Viewpoint is a public affairs program produced and funded by WDEV and the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com. Hi there, it's Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. I have not heard from my guest yet this morning. She's calling in from New York, um, but I can certainly talk about her, and I think this is an important topic to uh, talk about this morning. If you want to call in and uh, talk to me, um, it's 244-1777. Uh, my guest this morning was Mirabai Isaacs. She's a traumatic brain survivor, and she went through a horror story. That's about all I can say about it. And um, I met her when I was um, the deputy commissioner of education back in the day. And she had been in an incredible, uh, just an unbelievable car crash. And I found a video last night on YouTube, which was Mirabai after she was, she was in recovery out of the hospital. She was talking to a group of driver's ed instructors at the Essex Technical Center. And, um, Carol Rose, who worked for the Department of Education, reached out to Mirabai and asked her if she would talk to students around Vermont and telling them what her experience was and hopefully getting them to not drink and drive. Um, pretty simple. And now I guess it's not drink, take drugs or drive, I might add. Um, so I, because I was in the Department of Ed, I, I heard her speak with, with, um, kids pretty much her own age. Um, she was very active in high school. Her dad was a carpenter. She helped him with his carpentry. She did some modeling for a local photographer, really stunning looking woman. Um, and she was working to make money to buy a car. And then she, her first accident, she came out, the car was wrecked, but she came out okay. And she said she used the word invincible, that her experience taught her that she was invincible. And at that crash, she had a um, a six-pack of beer in the car, and she, and sadly with the help of her father, hid the beer from the police. And so it was just deemed an accident, and off she went. Um, then, on September 19th, 1993, she got into, it was, um, I think, right around her graduation time, and she was driving home. Um, they have land um, pretty much in the middle of nowhere, um, lots of acres, and um, she ran up with drinking. She ran off the road, and if you could see from this YouTube the condition of the car after that accident... Um, that make you think and think how lucky she was um, to even survive. Anyway, she it took them um, many, many hours to find her. Um, she was in a coma. Um, uh, five to six hours she was in the car by herself in this, and this car was just mangled. Um, I don't know that she remembers much about the crash, but she was rescued about five to six hours afterwards. She was brought to UVM uh, in Burlington. Her mom was able to, was at her side all the time. She was able to stay at the Ronald McDonald House, which I should do a show on that place. It is incredible. And, um, she was with Mirabai every day. The first month she was in a deep coma. The second month, um, she was in the hospital. She was sort of a, 
uh, I don't know what the what the medical term is, but sort of in and out of a coma. And uh, she sort of knew what was going on, but wasn't able to respond. But bottom line is she had to learn to do everything all over again, eat, um, uh, walk, uh, write. I mean, just everything she had to be taught again to get the brain cells back where, where they sort of uh, belonged. Um, and she learned to do all the basic tasks that we all take for granted. Um, and uh, at this video I was telling you about that she was talking to these kids at Essex Junction, she, at the end, they made comments, and one of them said, after listening to Mirabai, I will never, ever drink and drive again, which was why she was was doing all of this and talking to the kids. Um, and she has had a lifelong um, recovery. That was what was ahead of her. She's still, quote, recovering. Um, and she has done an amazing job. Um, I, I do hope that she remembers to call in. Um, we've reached out to her and we'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, um, she, um, her mother just worked with her side by side 24-7 and they, they live together now. And she has land, they have land on a, on a place here in Vermont. Uh, plus they go to Mexico a lot. She loves it down there. I think it's just the warmth and makes her feel good on, at the beach and, um, uh, the water. So, um, they go to Mexico a lot. They have a place down there. And she also m- married someone a bit older than she is. And she moved to, um, uh, somewhere out near Las, uh, Las Vegas. And they live in a, they were living in a senior retirement complex. And her husband passed away. Um, but fortunately for Mirabai, she was, um, she could remain in the complex because they own the, the condo. And they are wonderful to her there. They kind of watch after her. Um, she has, still has difficulty walking. Um, <laughs> I, I think she, I drive her crazy because every time we get together and whenever she's back here in Vermont, we go to lunch and, we talk all the time on FaceTime and, um, but I am, I, I just watch after her like, like, a, like a, I don't know what the word is, but I'm forever make, holding on to her, making sure she doesn't fall. And she's very stubborn and she wouldn't use any crutches or canes or any, anything. She was going to walk on her own and that was the end of the story. Um, but I, it was very hard for me as a mom, I guess, and just loving this young woman. Um, to to make sure she didn't fall and she'd get really angry at me all the time. Um, I've gotten better. And the last time I saw her, we went to lunch at Sarducci's and she was actually using uh, uh, some walking assistance, which made me uh, feel much better. And so I backed off a little bit finally. Um, anyway, that she um, comes, she has these three places that she goes back and forth and her sister lives in New York. And so that's where she is now. Um, but she refers to her mom, who I've met quite a few times, and she is a wonderful woman. She refers to her as her guardian angel, um, and they are very close. She's her best friend and tells her absolutely everything, which is wonderful to be able to do that. And mom always gives pretty good advice. Um, and she, um, uh, one time they, she, her mom and dad are separated and her dad came up to see her. And uh, I had the pleasure of having uh, lunch with him at the old down-home restaurant, which I miss terribly in Montpelier. Uh, we had a wonderful lunch, and you could tell that Dad really loved his daughter and his and his daughters. And um, we had a great lunch, and I have a wonderful some wonderful pictures from that event. 
Um, but she, um, she just keeps going. Um, and she volunteers, um, at different places. She would like to find a job. Um, but, uh, I don't think she's working now. Um, but she's, she's very capable. Um, and she's got an incredible sense of humor. This has not put her down at all or anything. She just deals with this is what it is. And, um, um, she just, uh, she just is amazing woman to be around. I, I feel her energy and she's always positive, which I think I'm dealing with some problems until I, I uh, sit and talk to Mirabai and I think maybe not. Maybe my problems are pretty small, um, compared to, um, to what she's been dealing with all her life. When she first got out of the hospital, she had to walk around with, uh, with a helmet on her head because, uh, uh, everything was still recovering and, uh, healing. And they were afraid, obviously, that she was going to fall. Uh, but I would see her around time, around town here in uh, Montpelier. And, um, to listen to her talk to the students when she would walk out on stage or walk into a room, you'd kind of hear the kids kind of gasping a little bit. And then there's this beautiful woman uh, who's just dealing with, um, physical issues. Um, I don't think, uh, I think the traumatic brain injury just left her speech a little, a little hard to understand sometimes, but she kept just like me. She keeps right on talking and, um, I just, I just get the biggest kick out of being with her. I think here's a woman who could be anybody's role model that she, uh, just does, she just does her thing. And, um, she's got many friends, um, still from high school. As I said, she was very active. Um, and so now she's, um, I think she's staying out in New York for a little while. I don't know that she's going to make it back to Vermont, um, this, uh, summer fall. I'm sad about that. Um, but she does, you know, I don't know if she goes officially to any more therapy, but she does swimming and yoga um, and gets very active in, particularly in the senior center, senior where, center where they live. Um, everybody is so supportive of her and welcomes her to any of the activities that they have there. And uh, it's a very good place for her to be. Um and of course the weather, I think, just helps a lot. And I, um, I just hope so that, uh, uh, I haven't quite gotten the sense of why she loves Mexico so much. I think the small town that she's in is an active seaport, and so there's a lot of um, activity around that she can watch and participate in when she can. She's also been taking Spanish so that she can, um, um, you know, talk to talk to the locals, uh, people that live in town. And um, so wherever she is, she does uh, get in 100% and then some. Um, we did a TV show together um, at one point, um, and she was wonderful on the show. Um, and I'm going to have that replayed at some point in time when we're talking about uh, um, the medical profession here. They, they've done wonders for her with her uh, brain injury. Um, and her message of slow down and, you know, don't drink or drug and drive, um, when you see her and what she's had to deal with all her life, it really hits home. It's, um, it's, it's quite a thing to hear her side of the story. She's so positive. And, um, whenever I, if I complain about something, she goes, Oh, Patricia, because she, I don't know why she calls me Patricia, but that's what she does. Um, anyway, um, 
She is living a, a good life. It's a struggle. Um, I know in the beginning she was in a lot of pain, uh, but she has um, moved through it. Um, and I, um, I don't know if anybody would call in and talk about uh, traumatic brain injury. We've got to take a break right now. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes and continue the conversation. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Hi there, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. I had hoped that um, Mirabai Isaacs would have been joining us this morning um, because uh, she is a traumatic brain injury survivor and has been through, I guess the expression is, can we say it on radio, hell and back. Yep, he nodded, Danny nodded his head, it's okay to say that. Um, and I, I'm in such admiration uh, for her. Um, we, and I have to say, we do so much, um, there's so much help here in Vermont, uh, for uh, individuals with traumatic brain injury. Um, for years I, uh, worked with, um, human services and there's a, a department there that specifically works, uh, with TBI uh, patients to try to help them get jobs figure out what skills um, they would be best to get involved in. And um, um, they do an amazing job. And, you know, with all of us, if you're working, getting paid, that's a good thing. And it makes you feel good. And it makes them feel good, too, to be um, contributing and to be a, a part of society. Um, and I think Mirabai um, has got some incredible qualities besides being funny as all get out. She's um, she's very charming and um, just really fun to talk to. Um, you can tell that she struggles, um, but uh, she's got a lot of support around her, which I think for all of us is an important thing. Um, you know, I mentioned that her mom stayed at the Ronald McDonald House and um, in uh, Burlington, and uh, it's I don't know if any of you know the services uh, that Ronald McDonald House provides. I had a friend who uh, was on their board for years, and it's just what they do um, for the parents or family of people who are in the hospital um, is amazing. It's um, room and board, and uh, they're right next to the hospital, so you have easy access to your um, to your loved ones who are in the hospital. And in Mirabai's case, her mom was there for over two months um, so that she could see her daughter every day and didn't have to travel back from uh, Washington County um, back and forth all the time. Um, I have to have them on the show to talk about what they do. If anybody wants to talk about Ronald McDonald House or TV, TBI or anything along this uh, uh, this topic, if you've got some uh, personal experience, call me, 802-244-1777. Um, I know that... Uh, uh, they have what they have at Ronald McDonald is uh, support for the families. Um, you know, when people are there, they're obviously concerned about their loved ones. Um, and uh, I know they have. I was just looking at my um, um, cell phone, and back in 2019, which is the last year that they noted this, there were 746 guests served, 2,173 nights stayed. And uh, 738 children served by the care model and 3,129 visitors to the family room. It's a family room where 
There's a lot of support where you can talk, where you can share your feelings, and most importantly, where you can get um, advice and support and, and comfort. So it's a great service. I'm also, as I mentioned, the Human Services Department. Um, I used to ha- know a gentleman there. I don't know if he still works there, but um, he would spend hours with individuals with TBI to see what their skills are and how they could match them up with a paid job, paying jobs in um, in the state with employers willing certainly to um, support these individuals because each each of them has things that they need to be supported because of their disabilities. But um, we have a great caring community here in Vermont, and I know that they were very um, uh, very fortunate to be able to place so many people who have been through this uh, experience, as Mirabai has. Um, and I just, uh, I don't know, I just, I, I wish that she were on, I'm sure th- Something's happened. I just spoke to her yesterday, and I know she was excited to come on. Um, but um, we have this state, and we've we've done it through. I'm going to kind of digress a little bit, looking at Montpelier and uh, Barry. We had uh, some people on from the feds and from the state. Uh, we also had survivors of the the latest disaster that, that hit uh, Montpelier and Barry. Um, we this is an amazing place to live and sometimes I get mad about some who knows what politics and whatever else um, but when I step back and put that stuff aside this is an amazing place to live um, we are strong as they say Vermont strong um, we are and people are resilient and um, and they and they help and support those who need help and support somebody like Mirabai um, has uh, all they have to do is ask and um, I think a lot of people are probably afraid to ask sometimes, but it is there, uh, no judgment, no nothing. Just pick up the phone and um, uh, and you'll get the help you need. And, you know, we've had people on from Montpelier Alive, from, uh, from Barry. Um, There's so many volunteers out there willing to go the extra mile. And to tell you the truth, I don't know how they did it. I told this story. You think my one day of... of uh, um, Shoveling out mud in a friend's house, uh, like I was the uh, some great volunteer, but I wasn't. I just lasted a couple hours and just couldn't do it. That was like moving cement, so they had to find something else for me to do. Um, but it's um, people came out from from everywhere, and when I was there at my friend's house, um, um, forget. There were people coming by with boxes of supplies to help clean out the the facility, uh, and it was just some, an amazing, an amazing event. Um, and you know, you needed help, pick up the phone; they'll come. I know um, uh, from the hardware store, um, um, and Bob Nelson said he, you know, he was on WDEV saying, "Please help me, I need help," and they came. So it's a really good, it's a really good place to live. And we're back now from. Uh, camp permanently in Vermont. We sold our camper. I think those who follow me on Facebook know this. And um, I'm glad to be back. It's um, hard leaving camp because that was sort of my refuge um, because you can eat fresh fish every day, which is sort of a good thing. Um, but anyway, but we're back and um, starting to get back involved in stuff that goes on around here. Um, we're going to have on coming up at, at 10 o'clock, we have... Uh, two amazing guests coming on. 
Uh, we have uh, the executive director for the Cabot Arts Group, uh, Dana Robinson, who is going to talk about um, this Saturday. There is a whole afternoon of Cabot cheese and culture. It's a festival in Cabot, and uh, this is their very first effort to do this. So I am making sure, I hope with your support, that you will show up, and because I would love to see this uh, festival happen every year. Second half hour is uh, Scott Waterman from uh, from the Ag Agency talking about the Vermont Maple 100 um, and what happened to that this uh, this past couple of weeks um, September uh, from September 15th to October 15th so uh, a month of um, of advertising and putting a, a light on uh, maple syrup producers. And products, and um, that's going to be a fun discussion because who doesn't like maple syrup? Um, so we're gonna we're gonna take a break for a minute, and um, we'll come back. Hi there, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV, and I have a caller, Phil from Florida. Yes, good morning, Pat. Good morning. And why are you calling from Florida? This is kind of cool. <laughs> well, actually, I lived my first 74 years in Rutland, and I'm a transplant down here to Florida. Ah, good for you. That's cool. So do you have a question or a comment? Yeah, I have a comment. Unfortunately, the story you've been talking about, the young lady that was in a car accident due to uh, drunk driving, is right. that correct? Yep. Yeah, well, my I have a story that's similar, but in other ways, it's just the opposite, because... Uh. On November 11th, 1987, my daughter was walking down the street in Rutland, and a drunk driver lady in her 40s with two little babies in the back uh. seat around 5 o'clock crossed all the way over the center line to the other side of the road and mowed down my daughter. Oh, my God, Phil. She was in a coma for about 14 days and then rehab in Burlington, uh, but she never really got the right care. Oh, so she's 52 years old now. She's never had a real job. She has constant um, seizures. Huh. Thank God she lives with her mother in uh, Philadelphia. And uh, so I feel bad for this young lady for what she did to herself. But uh, what you can also right. do to the innocent victim uh, is, is just horrible. Yeah. And I, I have to admit, I probably I have been guilty of uh, being unsafe to be behind the wheel of the wheel of a car back in the old days when I got home from Vietnam. (laughs) I mean, I haven't been a saint, but everybody, you really got to be careful when you're uh, drinking and driving. And now uh, it's even to me more dangerous with the people driving while they're under the influence of different drugs. Right. Exactly. Well, you bring up uh, a really important point that sometimes it's not just you, the person behind the wheel, that as you've experienced, a whole family can be impacted Absolutely. by your by your actions, and shame on you. Uh, but I, I and I think you're right. You mentioned the old days. I'm probably right with you once or twice. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. that's just what we did back then. Nobody, there wasn't any education about no drinking and driving or just say no, as as we've heard over the years. Back in the well, day, Nancy Reagan was yeah, famous. Yeah, exactly. But back in the day, um, you just did it. And, uh, I, I'm just as guilty and I, and I thank God that, uh, 
That, Me too. Yeah, that nothing happened. Because can you imagine living with the guilt? I, I, I would. Oh God. I mean, I've been in car accidents for who knows, you know, speed, whatever. And the first thing I say when I talk to is, did anybody get hurt? Because I can't imagine living with the guilt of right. hurting somebody right. when it was my fault behind the wheel. Pat, can I say something else about uh, habits? Sure. Um, I started smoking when I was about 15, <laughs> and I quit uh, when I was 40. Wow. So I was 25 years. I smoked three packs, two or three packs of Marlboros a day for 25 years. But the point I want to make is the day before the daughter got my daughter got hit by the car on November 11th, I quit smoking on the Great American Smokeout on November 10th. Huh. And even with all the stress I was under, I made up my mind that I wasn't going to light up a cigarette. And I never have. And so... I just want to tell people, if you want to quit smoking, it's mind over matter, yep. and you just got to make up your mind you're going to do it, and you can do it. Yeah, I have to tell a real quick story, because we talk about, my mom has since passed away, but um, she smoked same as you forever, ever, just from high school. And um, my father, they thought he had um, uh, pulmonary edema, pulmonary? Um, anyway, he was, he, they thought he had a problem with his lungs, so my mom voluntarily gave up smoking. But she drove us crazy because the the one time she truly enjoyed smoking was right after dinner. She'd sit back, have her coffee, and 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 have a smoke. And when she gave it up, she would start clearing the table, whether we were finished or not. She would just have to do something. So she'd start clearing. We'd be holding on to her plate, going, "Wait, wait, we're not finished yet," because <laughs> she couldn't stand it. But she did it. She uh, passed away when she was ninety three. So. Um, she did it, but it, it, she dragged all of us along with her. Um, well, wow. Pat, just one more thing. Sure. I might have left Florida, but my heart's in Vermont. Uh, I listen to WDEV every single day. Oh, every good for you. Day. I wake up with WDEV at 6.52, and I'm with you at least to 1, 2 o'clock every day. I, I just love your station. And we're up in Vermont recently, and we drove up to Waterbury because I just wanted to drive by the radio station. So <laughs> you should have come really in. That's great. Well, thank well, you for Sunday. thank you for calling. It's very nice uh, that you call from you Florida. Too. Serious. Did yes. you get impacted by any of the recent storms? And you guys have had no, your hand. We've been very fortunate. Uh, we did have one tornado touch down about a mile from us, uh, a lot of damage, but we're still very fortunate and uh, very thankful. Good. And thank you, Pat, and enjoy your uh, retirement out of Maine. I, we were up in Maine. I was. Did you used to live towards the uh, section where you turned to go to Kennebunkport? Yes, exactly, uh, the Red Apple Campground. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just loved wife, that's it. That's where Pat lives. Oh no! Yeah, it's a small yeah. world. It's a small world. Well, you should have you should have called or something because I love company at the at the campground. So I love cooking. <laughs> okay, but anyway, thank Thanks you, Phil, very much. Thanks. That was great. Have a good day. Great. Bye bye. Thank you. Yes, a good a good story lesson there about it's not just you behind that wheel, and uh, you could impact families for the rest of their lives, as uh, Phil has shared with us. And that brings up uh, I'm going to kind of digress a little bit from traumatic brain injury. Um, and, and how we do things really well here in Vermont. Um, I have a, a family I know who uh, is a fabulous young woman who has Down syndrome, and uh, um, I've got to get her on the show to talk about um, her experiences. But she works. She went to college. I mean, she's done everything. Everybody knows her uh, around town. And I went to a friend's, sadly, a friend's funeral down in where I used to live in Tarrytown, New York, and I sat opposite this woman 
who had a, a Down syndrome child, and not a child. I mean, this she was a grown-up woman, and oh, I was so upset because she really treated her daughter. Um, the daughter had very few skills. Mom did everything for her child. Um, she loved her dearly and thought she was doing the right thing. Um, I forget what they call those workshops where, um, production line workshops where people would be hired who have uh, disabilities. Um, and we outlawed them here in Vermont and thank you, whoever did that. Thank you to the legislature at the time because this, that's where this young woman worked. And I was comparing her to the, the young woman I know back here in Vermont and I thought it's like night and day because back here in Vermont, her parents said, you can do anything you want. Go do it. And she did. And this woman, I was about ready to kidnap her and bring her back to Vermont and say, here's what you can do. Um, I felt so bad that, um, that she doesn't, didn't reach her potential because she had potential. And, um, uh, and she was really wanting to talk to me and you could tell that she wanted to have conversation, but mom, um, sort of, put the kibosh on that. And I, I just thought, oh, how sad. We do things really well here in Vermont um, with all kinds of disabilities or uh, capabilities, I guess, to identify what people can do and how they can contribute. So um, good for us, I will tell you. Um, so anybody else want to call in? This is cool. I love this. 802-244-1777. If they can call from Florida, they can call from outside this studio. So give me a call. Hi there, it's Pat McDonald back with you with Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Uh, Kim from Montpelier is on the air. Kim, welcome to the show. Hey, Pat. This is Kim, Kim Ray Brittingham. You ah, and I know from our motorcycle. Yes, exactly. Hey, How are you? I'm great. Good. And I've come back to Vermont after being gone for some time. Good for you. Because, yeah. And I was been listening to you talk about Mira, who yep. I know. And a young woman um, who is doing so well um, in Vermont um, as a person with, with a disability. But one thing that I know that Vermont can do better with is accessible housing, uh, you know, for people with developmental disabilities and for people who use wheelchairs. Oh, you know, I've never, with all the discussion about housing, Kim, I don't think that comes up. I know. I was like, wow. I would love to talk to Pat about that. No, please. That's a wonderful. That's now I'm like getting all charged up. That is great. I don't think of all the times I've listened to the legislature and uh, discussions around town about housing. Um, and Paul Costello had those um, um, three meetings about how to get Montpelier back back uh, after the flood. Right. They don't talk about that, do they? Right. Well, I can tell you from, you know, raising my kids in Montpelier, my um, middle son, Ash, which you may remember, yep. um, started using a wheelchair when he was eight. And when he graduated from Montpelier High School, um, we moved. We actually left um, Montpelier. Um, luckily, I rented my house out, so I've, I've come back. Right. Um, we were able to modify our house for him over time, but as a, as a teenager, there was just no yep. affordable, accessible housing. And so we moved to North Carolina for seven years um, where he could achieve that, where he lived in public housing and got automated everything to open his doors and control his lights. And um, he would like to come back to Vermont. But the only way he could come back, you know, to visit me um, in my house, it's accessible, 
but he can't move back to right. into an apartment that's wheelchair accessible because it just doesn't exist. That, I'm just, I'm, I don't even know how to comment. I'm sort of stunned. I, cause I'm thinking of, um, how far we have progressed. There was, in, when I lived in Tarrytown, there was a woman who lived next to a friend of mine, and her son had spina bifida, and he was mm-hmm. in a wheelchair, and the high school, she would have to, to get him up on the stage in the auditorium, would have to lift him up in the wheelchair to get him on the stage because they didn't have any ramps or anything, and, uh, she fought like a son of a gun to get yeah. that high school um, handicap accessible for her son, and now he's he's all grown and successful. And and uh, uh, but I but I remember watching her and you know trying to running over trying to help her, um, and I thought this is ridiculous. Uh, how would you see yeah, that working? It is. For- and it's a familiar story. Like yeah. in Montpelier, the reason that Montpelier High School has an accessible stage now. Is because when Ash was in high school, oh. we had to file a complaint with the Human Rights Commission in order for them to unlock the accessible entrances, which were not the main entrances at the time. And Ash graduated in, what, like 2015? Huh. Like yeah. Not too long ago. So as part of the settlement out of that complaint, which, of course, we, you know, they found that it was discrimination right. to not provide equal access to the stage and, you know, the to the school. Um, that's why there's a ramped, you know, stage. Good now. for you. And it's a beautiful design. But the family before us, the Neils, they had to do the same thing for there to be an elevator and an elementary. So, yeah, it is on community members, you know, yeah. that go through this to do that. And so around housing, you know, that is, that's the place where I'm putting my shoulder to now with, you know, the Vermont Center for Independent Living. Yep, right. And, you know, trying to work with the, the housing providers to create accessible spaces that are also um, held for people with disabilities. Because, yeah. you know, when you build new apartments and all that, now you do have to provide, you know, a couple that are accessible. But then people that don't need them because of our housing shortage, you know, will rent them right. and then stay. And so we don't right now have a way to create that accessible, affordable housing and then keep it, you know, open for people right. with disabilities right. when they need it. Wow, I will uh, I will hopefully help with this discussion um going forward because um I'm just sort of thinking why didn't anybody bring that up? Um, all the discussions I've never heard this mentioned once and it's so important and um and I just uh, the people that fought before us but fought mm-hmm. and you yourself with your son. I mean, it's I remember the woman from Tarrytown. Every time she'd showed up, everybody would go, "Oh, there she is again." Exactly. Well, good for well, I good know. for her. And you're like, "Oh, I know." Oh no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, here now what?" Uh, and I was like, "No, good for her." I mean, spina bifida for Christ's sake. Uh, what does you want the kid to do? Um, and uh, and she fought. And she got her way, and and it's just so obvious. Some things. How hard is it to build a ramp on a stage? I mean, I like ramps, um, just because I'm old. But um, yeah. you know, what's the big deal? It's just so strange. Um, have you? Who yeah, have well, you? Ra- ramps rock for sure. Yeah. I love ramps. And for anybody that's listening that wants to, you know, read about the disability rights movement, there's a book um, out by Judy Human who. She had a similar story that in order for her to get into her school in New York, her mother had to fight for her to be in there because the school considered her a fire hazard. But Judy Heumann's book is amazing. And then there's a film out um, called Crip Camp, 
And I think you can find it on Netflix. Which I'm sorry, Tim, um, could you repeat that? Crib, human. Could you repeat that? Because I missed it. Crib. What? It's called Crip Camp. Oh, Crip Camp. R-I-P, like Crip Camp. Yep. And it's about the 1960s and how the disability rights movement and other civil rights um, movement leaders kind of came together um, in a summer camp um, situation. So that's okay. cool. And if ever you want somebody to talk about housing um, on your show, uh, Sarah Launderville from Oh, Vermont Sarah, of course. Living would be an awesome guest. Yep, I uh, know Sarah well and... Uh Back in the rosy days, right? That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll get Sarah on. That's a wonderful idea. Um, wait, my husband was very sick last summer. And when mm-hmm. we came home, he needed ramps and grab bars and, uh, you know, the uh, handicapped toilet seats. I mean, all this stuff that you don't think about. And so when he got better, they, do you want to take it down? I said, heck no, leave it. I said, because I figured at 80 years old, one of us was going to need it again. But I just, I'm so used to walking up the ramp now to get into the, get into the kitchen and the mudroom. Um, and the, and the grab bars, um, they just keep you a little safer. And so there's, it, not necessarily for somebody with disabilities, but us old folk need them too. It's, it, and you know what else? Double, double, um, banisters up and down the stairs. Yes. Uh, oh my God, everybody, sh- they should be made to put them in every house. I, I love ours. Oh, we have them down in the basement and I was always a little afraid to go down in the basement because I, you know, could picture myself like that woman on the commercial going help, uh, laying on the basement floor. But with the double banisters, I go down. I don't even think about it. It's a great thing. Kim, we're going to have to get connected again. I, we don't ride motorcycles anymore, but uh, we still love I them. Do, do I you? Do. Oh, God bless I, you. I do. It's such a great time of year. <laughs> we miss them. I just, uh, the thought of a, a picking one up is to turn me off. I thought, what am I going to do if it get, somebody would have to come to my rescue? But anyway, um, Kim, um, I will get in touch. You're in the same house. I know where that is. Um, yep. And we'll. Um, and so, are you involved with the independent livings again? I know you were with oh, the forever, forever. Oh, okay. There yes, you know. it's in my bones and in my blood for sure. Because I think you were yeah. doing women, uh, Vermont Works for Women when I saw you back when I went to a couple of yes, graduations. I can build the ramps too. Yes, <laughs> and I have. But actually, there's a great event. Uh, I know we got to go, but at the North Branch uh, yep. Nature Center on Saturday at eleven. There's a uh, universal access trail that they've built. Oh, so get out. having a ribbon cutting, yeah. And so, you know, a rollable, walkable, you know, um, space outside. So that's out on Elm Street at 11. Yes, what a great... Uh, on uh, Saturday, yeah. I will maybe I'll stop by on my way to Cabot for the Cheese Festival. Oh, oh good. Are go you really? After. I will check you yeah, out. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, we're going... Um, yeah, Good. What a wonderful, see, the things you don't, you don't think about unless you have to deal with it and then, and then you fight and everybody thinks you're, uh, oh my God, here she comes again. I know, but it just makes it better for everybody. Absolutely. You know, like everything you just said. Yeah. You know, smoother, you know, walkable surfaces, yep. rollable surfaces. It works for everybody. That's great. Kim, thank you so much for yeah, calling. Um, thanks for coming back. This is great. We love Vermont. Glad to be uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, take care. Thank you. So listen, um, stay tuned because um, we have two wonderful guests coming up, a half-hour segments. Um, one is, uh, if I can find Dana's name, we will get it to you correctly. Um, Dana um, it was going to be talking about the uh, Cheese Cabot Cheese Festival. Dana Robinson is the executive director of Cabot Arts, and she's going to be talking about the Cabot Cheese and Culture Festival this Saturday. 
Um, it starts from 12 to 5, so I'll have just enough time to stop off at the Nature Center. And after that, we have Scott Waterman, who's the Director of Communications and Policy for the Vermont Agency of Agriculture. And I owe them a lot because I called up last minute and they jumped, they helped me out. So kudos to the, I love the Ag Department. I love Ensign and Scott and everybody that I've met there. Wonderful group of people. And they love our farmers and they love this state. So we're going to go take a break and stay with us. We'll be right back. Um, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. 